Yeah, and look, I'm biased, admittedly, but I'm very excited about some of this recent traction. I mean, there have been more ribbon cuttings and announcements and groundbreakings in the last two or three months than I can remember ever since I've been mayor. Thanks for joining us on Louisiana's Playground Podcast, your roadmap to all things Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Brady Raynard. And I'm Anna Strider. We are excited to bring you episode number 17 as we continue to share the unique experiences and stories that make Southwest Louisiana so incredible and just a wonderful place to visit. And episode 17 is possibly our most impactful conversation yet as we sit down and talk to Lake Charles Mayor Nick Hunter about the current Lake Charles and what the future is going to hold for this wonderful city as we continue to progress and bring more experiences for visitors and residents to enjoy off the beautiful lake and in the beautiful city and lake area here in southwest Louisiana. This has definitely been a conversation that we've been eagerly waiting to share with you all and now is the perfect time with everything that is happening in our community. You are going to want to listen to each moment of this episode. And before we get to that conversation, we of course open with a taste of Southwest Louisiana. It's a segment we call On the Eats. On the Eats is the portion of each episode where Brady and I go out into the community and yes, we eat a lot and we bring to you all the atmosphere, the energy, the stories of these different lake area restaurants, and more importantly, the flavor of what they're cooking in the kitchen. For sure. And this week we head to the Villa Harlequin, which is a casual fine dining restaurant located in the historic Noble Building right in downtown Lake Charles, a cozy little spot and a great place to get lunch, dinner, or brunch as well. Originally, it opened in 2019, but that's not the full story because what it is, it's a merger of two of the oldest restaurant family legacies in Lake Charles, Harlequin Steaks and Seafood, which, conveniently enough, was owned by Lake Charles Mayor Nick Hunter and his family before him, and it's been in the lake area since 1956. They merged with the original Italian villa, which opened in 1986 by the Sperandio family, Mike Sperandio is who owns it now, and they were in the same location for about 18 years before they moved to the historic Noble Building in 2017, and now the two operate out of the same building as one restaurant, the Villa Harlequin, and they've been doing so, as I said, since 2019. And the food that comes out of this incredible kitchen is truly the best of both restaurants merged into one. They serve traditional Italian dishes like gambaretti, chicken and veal parmesan, which I love veal, and this is definitely one to order. And gnocchi and many other dishes. Their lasagna is incredible, and you can get it both at lunch and dinner. On the steak side, their steak is seared perfectly with a pepper crust on it, and they even have a ribeye as well. So, so many different options that they specialize in. And they even, of course, top it off with locally sourced seafood, fresh lump crab meat that you can have added to your different meats and so much more. But that's just one part of the many different things that their restaurant is known for. But as we recently learned, they're also known for their sandwiches, which is one of the things that we ordered today. And before I got to my sandwich, I went with the soup of the day, which was loaded potato 
really flavorful potato soup that, of course, was accented by the bacon there. Once you kind of got there to the bottom, I loved every bite of that soup. I think I cleaned it the entire bowl in like 10 seconds um, and then had an awesome chicken parm sandwich on a brioche bun, which was it really accented the cheese and the sauce and the actual uh, fried chicken that was part of the sandwich. It was a really enjoyable and surprisingly not too messy sandwich, which ended up being perfect for lunch, the soup and the sandwich. I also got a soup today. I got their Harlequin's Creole Tomato Bisque and Basil with Lump Crab Meat. And oh my goodness, the flavors are just perfectly paired with the chives and the basil and the crab. And again, that bread, I didn't eat it as quickly as Brady, but I was close behind before our meals came out. For my entree, I ordered the crawfish penne, which we were told is one of the most ordered items, and I now know why, because I will be back to order it. It features a fire-roasted corn, bacon, leeks, and a garlic cream sauce, and I'm not a big cream sauce person, which is why I sometimes steer away from pastas, but this one was light. The garlic, the flavors of it all combined together extremely well and was just the perfect dish, especially if you're hungry coming into lunch. And our coworker also got the fried redfish sandwich. The redfish was panned and fried exquisitely. And they had this pickled onion salad and chipotle aioli that had a kick of flavor to it. And really it was a unique combination on the sandwich that I hadn't ever had before. And so it's a great spot for a lot of different flavors all done really, really well, which is really the biggest benefit of having two families have their say in one restaurant, and it really shows on their robust menu that has a lot of really interesting and really unique flavors. And honestly, to me, the best part is the location right off of I-10, right in downtown, really easy to get to, a very historic building right there on Peugeot Street. I would say, what, less than two minutes off of the interstate? Um, and, Easily. And so whether or not you're even stopping in Lake Charles for long, it's going to be a very short detour to get you some really authentic flavors and some great Lake Charles cuisine. So head on over to the Villa Harlequin in the heart of downtown. Come on out for a date night, a birthday celebration, or just a casual lunch spot where you want to sit and enjoy your time and experience. And let us know what you think. From a great meal to a great guest, we welcome on Lake Charles Mayor Nick Hunter. He's led this great city for the last six years, having a steady focus on infrastructure, economic development, and quality of life improvements for residents. Mayor Hunter has increased funding for drainage improvements by 93% and has secured more than $750,000 in private donations and grants to build and transform several city parks. He's also made good on his promise to turn dirt on the lakefront as Port Wonder, a $20 million Science and Nature Center and state-of-the-art children's museum is under construction and will lead the way for other lakefront attractions and a bright future for Lake Charles. And now for what he will be remembered by the most, his appearance on the Louisiana's <laughs> Playground podcast. Welcome to the show, Mary Hunter. Uh, thank you so much. When you said my appearance, uh, I'm glad you followed it up with on the podcast, because I was thinking, is it just because uh, my haircut or why Why would I be most memorable? <laughs> <laughs> We know that Lake Charles has so many different amenities, both big city and then that small town charm, which is why we love this community so much. And today we really get to talk about all of that and so much more as people get to learn from you why we love Lake Charles and why it's a great place to visit and live. But before we get started with our conversation today, we're going to get to know you a little bit better with some juxtaposing questions. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Juxtaposing is a pretty intimidating word, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> These could be some intimidating questions. All right, let's go. All right, the first one. Crawfish or gumbo? Gumbo. Gumbo. Why yeah. gumbo? I grew up in the restaurant business, and gumbo was a staple for the latter half of my restaurant career. And, man, just a cup of gumbo, whether it's for breakfast or lunch or dinner, is just so soothing. And, you know, I know it's kind of the same with crawfish, but everybody's got their own gumbo um, wants and needs, likes and dislikes. I don't like mine too thick. I don't like tomato in my gumbo. Uh, so just for me, it's gumbo. So crawfish has a season. Does gumbo have a season? Boiled crawfish, yes, it has a season. Gumbo, it could be 98 degrees outside. And in Lake Charles, you can have a cup of gumbo. Hey, what's the slogan? It's always gumbo season. It's, it's always, always gumbo, gumbo season. season. I like that. I knew you were going to that question. <laughs> All right, the next one. Poolside or beachside? Oh, poolside. <laughs> no question <laughs> about it. Uh, yeah, I look, I'm not really a beach guy. Sand, and, you know, uh, no air conditioning, no no easy There's access no to air conditioning. There. My family, definitely poolside people. I can understand. All right, our final question. Concert or comedy show? Concert. Uh, and I like comedy, but I can enjoy a comedy show, uh, you know, a Netflix special in my Lazy Boy. There's just something about live music that it just reverberates through your body better mm -hmm. than sitting at home and, and watching or listening to it on the radio. So for me, concert versus comedy show. And that's something that we do so well here in the city is that it always feels like there's live music being played and really good acts obviously coming in. Even just a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Samantha Fish in town for, uh, for This Is Home Fest and just one of the numerous headlining acts that'll be making its way through Lake Charles. Yeah, that's one thing we do really well here, and I think it's one thing we're known for. When you are at a live music event in Lake Charles, especially a downtown live music event, you know you're in Lake Charles. You know that... You're in this community because of the culture, the aesthetics, the feel. It's not any town USA when you're in downtown Lake Charles for a live music event. You know, from the questions, let's get to the topic at hand, which is obviously the city of Lake Charles. And before we dive into your background and what some of the plans are for this wonderful city, I guess let's start it off with just a holistic approach. What do you love about Lake Charles? I know this is really cliche, but I've heard this in so many studies, and it's the same with me. The first thing is just the people here. The people here are awesome. And we've had uh, we've had several significant punches to the gut over the last two or three years. And I don't know another community that could have rallied around each other and bounced back the way we did here. Um, I just think that we have a very good, solid, moral, exciting passionate group of people here in, in Southwest Louisiana. It's a good mix. There's uh, a diversity in culture. There's a diversity in, in citizenry here. And I like that. So I think, I think the people here are really what make it. And then after that, it's just our natural resources that a lot of other communities don't have. I mentioned a moment ago, Anytown USA. And there's a lot of cities where you could be in their downtown area. You could be in one of their popular areas 
And unless you really know where you are, it can look a little cookie cutter. It can look a little plastic. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I've been to a few of those with my kids. <laughs> you know, when you're in Lake Charles and you are at the Civic Center and you're looking out over the lakefront or when you are uh, on a golf course or when you're having a cup of gumbo in downtown, you just know you are in Lake Charles. And so we've got a lot of natural assets here that are really things that can't be duplicated or, or created in other cities. I want to touch on the people, though, because I think I've been a resident here just over a year now, and the people of Lake Charles truly have made this place so welcoming, just open arms to everything. You know, everyone's got a smile. How are you doing? And they say that across the South, across the state of Louisiana, of course, but it is different here in Lake Charles and I in Southwest Louisiana. And I've been preaching that to the choir. Anyone who asks me, what's your experience been like moving here? That's always the top of my list as well. Well, it's good to hear. And I really do enjoy hearing points of view or opinions from people that are not from here that moved here or lived here, moved elsewhere for a few years, came back. You know, I don't think we anybody has a, a monopoly on good ideas. So to hear from outsiders what they think about Lake Charles really matters to me as well. And I think it's your story is an interesting one in that, you know, you come from a background of the restaurant industry with your family and you were running the restaurant at what, 17, is that correct? That's right. And then from there, you eventually made its way to owning the restaurant, being on the police jury, and then to mayor. How did your love for Lake Charles impact your decision to go from the restaurant industry at such a young age to saying, you know what, I'm going to be mayor. Well, I think that's a, a good segue when you talk about people. What better industry to meet people than the restaurant industry or the service industry? And there's a lot of professions out there that are very hard professions. So I'm not trying to say that people in the service industry or the restaurant business are the only people that work hard, but 80 hours a week was very typical for my family. Um, you know, when other people were enjoying Mother's Day lunch, we were working. When other people were enjoying Christmas Eve with their families, we were working. And and that's kind of the way I grew up. And that, that's just the way it was. And nobody questioned it. But meeting the people in the dining room uh, and different people, you know, they're very diverse crowd in, in the restaurant. So trying to understand how to work with people, have a conversation, you know, literally communicate. I know that sounds kind of simple, but sometimes just the art of a conversation is uh, something that doesn't come natural. And especially in today's world of social media and text messaging versus phone calls or in-person meetings and Zooms, literally the art of a conversation is something that I think we're losing. So that was a great introduction into the city. Uh, learned very early on that I love this city. And when I was younger, 17 to 20, I was very interested in financial wealth. I thought that to accumulate money was the, uh, you know, that was the peak of the mountain. <laughs> and I learned, I would say probably mid to late 20s, I kind of started to say to myself, you know, some of these nonprofits that I was helping and some of these community events I was participating in and attending, all of a sudden those things gave me a bigger high than the financial wealth side of it. And so I attended McNeese, had a great experience at McNeese. I'm a big fan of McNeese and started studying history. I got a history degree from McNeese and political history, especially Louisiana political history was something I really focused on. Mm -hmm. So some of those early moments were probably where it started to germinate that, hey, if 
some of these crazy characters in Louisiana's political history could actually do what they did. Maybe I could do some of these things. Some of the means uh, of our political uh, uh, characters, and especially the early part of the 20th century and mid part of 20th century, some of the means I don't think justify the ends. <laughs> but uh, but I think we got a better system today. And so I got interested. I got interested in politics. I got interested in public service and dipped my toe in the waters on the police jury, which for us is kind of the equivalent of a county commission in another state. And when Randy Roach, a longtime mayor, announced that he was retiring, I said to myself, man, that could be a job where I could really take some of the things I've learned from the restaurant industry, some of the things I've learned from some of the other businesses I've been involved in, and really make a difference. Six years, almost to the day since you've been elected mayor, what's your biggest takeaways? Good question. Biggest takeaways are, this is not a surprise that government moves slow. However, I have a new appreciation for the mechanisms of government being in the middle of it uh, versus on the outside. And uh, there are some occasions where you really don't want government to be a knee-jerk reaction type of uh, institution. Government needs to be nimble. It needs to adjust with the times. It needs to make decisions. Um, but some people fault government for being slow, and I get that. And I have frustrations with that as well. But I have a new appreciation for the amount of involvement of, of different agencies and different people. You know, before you move forward with a proposal, before you come public with something, the amount of input and buy-in that you have to get into that proposal. Port Wonder is a good example. I can't tell you how many private meetings I had with industry and community leaders and elected officials before we brought that thing public because I wanted people to know that if I brought something public for the lakefront, it was happening. It was not just going to be an idea or another study or another uh, proposal that this was going to be something that we had solid financial support for. So I have a new appreciation for the amount of legwork and the mechanisms of government, especially interagency relationships. You know, the city of Lake Charles is not, and some people think this, you know, city of Lake Charles is not the, uh, the, the end-all, be-all decider of all things in southwest Louisiana. There's multiple other governmental agencies. There's other semi-governmental bodies like the CVB, like uh, Chenault, the port, the, the library. So trying to get all of those groups together on the same page sometimes, I've got a new appreciation for what that takes. That really just positions us to start talking about all of the exciting things that you have accomplished in the Lake Charles community over the course of your tenure so far as you just made six years, like Brady said. And I know some of that we touched on Port Wonder, but that's just the beginning of everything that's coming in to downtown alone, including all of Lake Charles. Yeah, and I think Port Wonder is probably the easiest elephant in the room target for, you know, big accomplishments. And and we're not even at a ribbon cutting yet, but it's happening. And and Port Wonder is one of those examples where I spent countless hours. Oh my God, I can't I can't even add the amount of hours I spent trying to put that project together. And we could spend an entire hour talking about just all it took, but 
at the end of the day, we have right now under construction, uh, you mentioned $20 million. I wish it was still $20 million. After the last two <laughs> or three years of inflation, uh, it's a little bit more than that. But we've been so lucky uh, that we had private buy-in. You know, we realized about a year ago that we had a gap in funding. It wasn't fully funded. Did we want to go cut some carpet or cut out some exhibits? And we had an industry step up with another million-dollar donation. So Port Wonder is happening. And then just a couple weeks ago, the city council approved the final design for a restaurant and microbrewery on the lakefront, Crying Eagle. By the way, I should mention for those who aren't as intimately familiar with Port Wonder, Port Wonder is one building and it's basically got two tenants. On one side is a brand new state-of-the-art children's museum to replace the one that was destroyed in the hurricanes. And on the other side is a science and nature center, which will be administered by Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. And that science and nature center side specifically will attract people from zero to 90. I mean, that's gonna be something that anyone can enjoy. The children's museum admittedly you get to be about 10 or 11 years old. It's probably not cool to go to a children's museum anymore. However, as a dad of a five-year-old and a three-year-old, I have a new appreciation for activities for families. So I do think that Port Wonder is going to be something that really everybody can enjoy. Well, I know Port Wonder is just one of the, uh, the many quality of life, and we had kind of talked about that. What advancements do you feel like the city has made in that department over your six years? Well, I mean, certainly um, with our parks and our green spaces, those areas matter. So we have invested significantly in our parks, and it's by utilizing city money, but also through batching dollars from private industry. In the summer of 2018, we launched an effort called Partners in Parks. And I remember the first thought was I sat down with my finance director and I said, look, if I can have $100,000 from the city's money, we can get four companies to each put up $25,000 and we can go match that dollar for dollar and go make a $50,000 impact on four parks. It's, it's really needed. So the finance director set that money aside. So I went out and hustled and made the pitch and talked to different industry and private uh, leaders and philanthropic interests about what we needed our parks and, and what was lacking. And I remember one day a conversation with my finance director where she said, hey, a few weeks ago, you said you want $100,000 for matching money. You have raised over $500,000. You need to slow down on telling people you're going to match it dollar for dollar with the city. So that was a fun uh, conversation. And, uh, and I'm, I'm honored that this community realizes the importance of parks and the importance of our green spaces. So we've invested at this juncture over a million dollars from private funds into our parks, and we've, we've seen a lot of upgrades in those. Quality of life matters. You know, the way a city looks matters, and that was something that was very much on our, on our minds. And I, but I will also be very honest that the events of 2020 and 2021 um, put a dent and, and made an impact on some of those efforts. But today, as we approach a three years post-hurricane Laura, I'm actually more optimistic than ever that those efforts that had begun will only multiply. Um, we've got some initiatives that we plan to bring to the public in the next few months, talking about some major projects, major quality of life projects for the city. And while I'm not able to get too specific into it right now, because we're still putting kind of the final touches on this, we do have a proposal that we'll be bringing to the public in a few months. And it's going to be probably the largest investment of 
quality of life, uh, aesthetic improvements that this community seen in, in maybe a generation. I know when you mentioned the parks and that investment, whenever anyone asks me what my favorite hidden gem is in Lake Charles, I always say Riverside Park in North Lake Charles. It is truly a hidden gem there. I'm glad and- you I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I agree and I have said the same thing. I think it is a hidden gem and you know, industry's been good to Lake Charles, but typically when you look out over the water in Lake Charles, you see industry, you see smokestacks. Uh, when you look out over the water at Riverside, you see nature the way it was 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's a really unique feature. And actually Riverside is a key component and a key part of this proposal that we'll be bringing out to the public because we want to better connect Riverside with the rest of the city. Always a hot topic, the I-10 bridge. What's, what's the future there? So if you had asked me five years ago or six years ago <laughs> when I became mayor, when will we see a new I-10 bridge? At that time, I would have said, ah, I don't know, 15, 20 years. At this point, I think in the next five to 10 years, we will see uh, an I-10 bridge. The big question is, how is it going to be funded? Will it be a toll? Will it not be a toll? Look, I'll just be blunt about it. We need a new bridge. If the choice is no new bridge or a bridge with a reasonable toll, I will take the bridge with a reasonable toll. Uh, And these decisions... I certainly have offered my input. Uh, I've offered some suggestions on ways that a, a toll could be avoided, but these are decisions that are made in D.C. and Baton Rouge. So I've, I've, I've inserted my voice where I thought it was appropriate. But at the end of the day, if a, a bridge with a reasonable toll gets us a new bridge versus no bridge, then I'll take it. And I think I think we'll be we will be the better for it once it's built. I agree completely. Earlier this year, we brought on Sarah Judson with the Community Foundation to talk about Just Imagine SWLA and all of the projects and different components of that and how they're playing a role in, like you mentioned earlier, across the parish and all of the different organizations and government entities. And I know the city of Lake Charles has been a big part of that and bringing some of those things to life. What are some of the projects that you all have coming on board that really work with Just Imagine and all that the vision is for the next 50 years of Southwest Louisiana? I do think that plans are important. And so when Sarah Judson came to speak with me about the idea for this new master plan, I remember saying to her, Sarah, I think that plans are important, but I also think that plans are only as good as the implementation. And so I made a commitment to her, and we kind of made a commitment to each other, that if we were going to do this, if we were going to produce this new master plan, this new vision, this could not be something that would just sit on a shelf and collect dust. There would have to be some tangible results, some implementation. So I mentioned a moment uh, moment ago to you that we have a proposal that we'll be bringing out very soon, uh, literally probably the next 45, 60 days, we'll be uh, discussing this publicly. And um, we are taking uh, several of the catalytic projects from Just Imagine and providing a, a path to achieve those. The, uh, I, you know, I don't have the proposal in front of me right now, but I will tell you that green spaces, bike trails, um, kayaking, access to the waterways, better parks, our lakefront, drainage, better roadways, better connectivity, and better support for McNeese and Chenault and Suella. Those are things that are very much on our mind in this proposal that we have coming out. We've got some 
amazing assets in Lake Charles that um, we all need to kind of put our arms around and hug. You know, we can't just say, well, that's a school board problem or, well, that's a city problem or that's a parish problem. There are some things that are undeniably, you know, someone else's purview and, and, and that I can understand that. But there are also some aspects about this community that should be everyone's concern. I mean, the way this community looks, the aesthetics, quality of life, family-friendly activities, education, a lot of those things are very intertwined. So it's hard for us, or at least it's hard for me, to say when it comes to something like the Region 5 STEM Center. It's almost like another version of a children's museum, but very focused on STEM and run by the Couch Pierce School Board. So something like that, yeah, the school board runs it, but that should be something that the city's willing to step up and support in the right way. That should be something that, that other agencies are, should be willing to step up and support in the right way because STEM education is important for not only quality of life, but it's workforce development. It's obviously education. It's um, workforce uh, equity, and it could be tourism, you know, like like the Children's Museum. The Children's Museum is a uh, is an educational amenity, but it's it's education in a fun way, and that's tourism. The STEM Center, if it was upgraded and if it was it was if it was advertised correctly, I think could be tourism. So that's just one example of something that we have in this community that I think everybody should wrap their arms around and make better. And I and I love the your approach to the plan because what Sarah Judson and her team at Just Imagine has done is incredible. The plan, the vision, but as you said, the tangibleness, if that's even a word, <laughs> um, of the plan is, is almost the most important. And so for you to do that, I think is very beneficial for people that kind of sit back and say, all right, we see the plan. How is this going to be pushed into effect? Yeah, and rightfully so. People are a little jaded about things like that. Government does not always have a great track record for you know putting its money where, where its mouth is or actually taking that next step from vision to reality. So as I said a moment ago, when I sat down with Sarah, that's what I said. If I'm going to be a part of this and if I'm going to endorse this, we're going to find a way to make some of these things happen. And so that's what we have done. And again, uh, I would love to maybe come back and visit with you guys when, when this plan is public about what we have going before the voters. But I do think it's it's something that people are going to be really excited about. And we're talking about so much of really what is on the horizon, but there's also some things that we have announced lately that are nods to portions of the Just Imagine SWLA plan, as well as a lot of the work that the city's doing, including the Green Coast Enterprises that is coming to downtown and that is renovating some of those buildings right there that I know that's a, a hot topic as well as we just announced last week at the groundbreaking of the Nellie Letcher Memorial Park and as well as the Mardi Gras Museum coming back and we have a location chosen with the HUD grant there to be able to move forward on that. So those are all aspects of our community that are on our horizon and that we've gotten to announce and really see this come to action. Yeah. And look, I'm biased admittedly, but I'm very excited about some of this recent traction. I mean, there have been more ribbon cuttings and announcements and groundbreakings in the last two or three months than I can remember ever since I've been mayor. And certainly some of that is hurricane related, but some of it is just people investing back in this community. Um, Lake Erie Adventures on Country Club Road is a great example of a new family-friendly, fun amenity. And, you know, that that 
project was private investors and private people from this community that did that. So there's a lot of fun, good stuff going on. It's not just all pie in the sky anymore. It's stuff you can actually point to on the streets and say, hey, this is happening. It's not just in a plan. It's it's happening, and there's a lot more to come. And that momentum feeds others. Absolutely. Right, and, and that momentum is obviously created because, I think, of your background. You understand what it means to be a small business owner and the ways to attract other small business owners. How do you feel like Lake Charles has improved in that department uh, under you? Well, I think that public-private partnerships is a term that's probably overused, but it's so essential for moving forward. You know, the old days of government is going to build and completely fund a museum and operate a museum. Those days are really not around anymore and, and probably for the better. So when it came to something like Port Wonder, which was a children's museum, you know, I didn't want the city of Lake Charles using taxpayer dollars to just completely fund a museum and run a museum. That's why this model works so well, where we got a little bit of um, public money, a uh, little, little bit of taxpayer dollars. We didn't have to raise taxes. We used existing revenue streams. But then we paired that with millions upon millions of dollars in philanthropic uh, efforts. And that's going to be run by a nonprofit. It's going to be run by the Children's Museum Board. And they'll be able to go out every year and solicit more money. So public-private partnerships are essential on the lakefront. I can't tell you how many people uh, in the past, and this is even before I, I was mayor, would say, you know what they need to do? They need to open up a, a restaurant on the lakefront. This infamous word of they is really <laughs> elusive. You know, I don't know who they is sometimes. They need to build a new I-10 bridge. They need to build a restaurant on the lakefront. You know, who is they? Is it the city? You know, are you wanting the city to build a restaurant and operate a restaurant on the lakefront? I don't want that as a restaurant owner. Uh, I know how hard it is to run a restaurant. I don't think the city should be in the restaurant business. So that's why we put out this proposal to the public that said, hey, if we can build this museum, this, this Port Wonder um, attraction that's going to bring a lot of warm bodies to the lakefront, will someone step up and build a restaurant? And we got it. We got it with Crying Eagle. And they're using private funds to build that building. They're going to build that building. They're going to run that building. They're going to operate that building. And I believe it's going to be far more successful doing it that way versus having government do it. Um, I will give you another solid example of something I'm very proud of. The lakefront was tens of millions of dollars and years in the making. Another one that I'm very proud of is the Acadian Ambulance Regional Office on Enterprise Boulevard in the Nellie Letcher Cultural District. May not seem like a big thing to some people, but they moved into a building that was blight on the community, that had been vacant for many years, that was doing nothing to approve the aesthetics of that corridor. And through incentives and through government sitting down with private industry, we got Acadian Ambulance to move their regional office to that location. Their EMS Academy is there. They took that building and completely transformed it. And across the street, we just broke ground on the Nellie Lutcher Memorial Park. Uh, the Mardi Gras Museum is happening. So all of those things represent public-private partnerships. And the old days of governments in a silo and businesses in a silo, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, those days should be dead. And, and we've got to work together to make things happen. And I would also include nonprofits in there. I think nonprofits are essential 
in some of the quality of life aspects because there's certain things that are difficult to make money on. You know, a children's museum is not going to be something that you typically make money on. And so those nonprofits are essential in that relationship as well. Forbes uh, in 2022 named Lake Charles one of the 22 best places to visit in the entire U.S. In that list, we were compared alongside places like Aspen, Colorado, Orlando, Florida, and cities in Hawaii. For us to compete with those, I don't know, I would call them legendary U.S. destinations, right? Like these are places that people book in for vacations. For us to be mentioned in the same breath, why do you think that is? I think that we offer something unique here. And sometimes as locals, we can forget about that and we we take advantage of that a little bit. And I think that we forget how special this community is. And as a a dad, again, when we go visit other places, it can be overwhelming sometimes to go to another city and have to take a taxi or take an Uber or, or you know, take a, a subway to get across the city. It could be an hour long event just to get from a hotel to a restaurant or a hotel to a show. Or if you go to another major city, it could be an hour long event to get from the airport to the downtown area. In Lake Charles, Obviously, the the gaming institutions we have, I know, are a big part of that Forbes designation. That's okay. We should embrace that. But within those uh, within those investments, within those complexes, is some amazing uh, recreational opportunities, some amazing dining opportunities, and then 15 minutes down the road is downtown Lake Charles. 15 minutes down the road is is the lakefront. 30 minutes down the road is Sam Houston State Park. So there's just so much in a very uh, condensed area here that it's not overwhelming. And for someone that's used to going to big cities and used to that feel to come to Lake Charles, I think is something different. It's something unique and it's something manageable and it's a lot more relaxing. You know, I try on the weekends sometimes to pretend like I'm a tourist and I'll wake up Saturday morning and I'll say, okay, what are we going to do in Lake Charles today with my family? We'll drive around, we'll do a few things at the end of the night. We're back in our hotel room, which is our house. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll pretend we're tourists for the day. I can't tell you how easy that experience is versus some of the other big cities that we've been in trying to do family-friendly stuff with the kids and get around to different places. So I do think we've got something pretty special and unique here. I know we talked about, and like you mentioned, being a tourist, but it's one thing, too, when, that we might forget. But when we bring people in, like I've had people who are – I used to live around in New Orleans area. They have gone back and forth to Houston their entire lives. They always stopped in other cities along I-10 corridor. But now that I've lived here, I'm like, hey, stop in downtown. I'll meet you for lunch. And this is the place they're stopping. And they're calling me, hey, we stopped by this store on our way to Houston, and we found such a great goodie. Thanks for telling us about it. And just that communication out to our friends and family of what Lake Charles really has to offer and that convenience aspect because downtown is right off the interstate as well. I know we talk about it, but that goes right into playing how easy it is to experience all of these different things. And I think some people's views of Lake Charles are what they see off of I-10. And admittedly, we can do a better job of what you see off I-10. And that's why the lakefront for us is so important. That's why the I-10 Economic Development District was created. That's why the Enterprise Boulevard Economic Development District was created. 
So um, some of these aesthetics and some of these issues along our communities that have seen some disinvestment, they're things that took generations to create. So they're not going to change overnight. But I firmly believe we're starting to turn that dial backwards on some of these neighborhoods that have seen disinvestment. We've all been involved in some of those announcements recently, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, the I-10 corridor for us is, is huge. It's a major focus. The lakefront's on the I-10 corridor. What other city along the Gulf Coast has a downtown and a beautiful lakefront and city-owned property and a convention center and a major children's museum and uh, you know, uh, a wildlife center next to the I-10 corridor? You know, that there's, I don't know of any other one that, that has it. So we can also uh, do better. We can, we can do better with the aesthetics and we can do better with some of those visuals for, for both locals and visitors. And we're doing that. And we're talking about the ways that we love Lake Charles and how you're always a visitor before a re- resident. I know that's how I started here is I visited two years ago for the art walk. And here I am attending the art walk as a resident two years later. So I think that really speaks to that. And there's so much that you all are doing to really continue to move Lake Charles forward. And one of those initiatives is Investors Day, which is coming up this June 15th. And there's a lot on the horizon with that. I almost want to call it a project, but really a showcase of all that Lake Charles has to offer in terms of driving business and quality of life here in Lake Charles. Yeah, we're thrilled about Investors Day for this year. Uh, the first year we did it was in 2021, and that was right after the storm. So it was very heavily focused on housing, rightfully so. This year's Investor Day is really focused more on economic development and economic diversity. You know, Petrochem has kind of been the backbone of this community for decades, and, and that industry has been good to us, but we need to uh, have a more diversified economy. We've actually done a better job of that in the last 20 years with some of the other things we've discussed today. But economic diversity is huge. Economic development is the focus of this year's Investors Day on June the 15th. And I will tell you, I mean, just brass tacks, 2021's Investors Day had over $100 million of return investment on that one day. We invited outside um, developers and business interests to come and visit us and see what we had to offer. Uh, And there were a lot of um, tax credits for housing at that time after the storms. So we had some groups take advantage of that. And we're about to break ground on a project in downtown Lake Charles, in East Lake Charles, in North Lake Charles. And and these are some of our target areas. So over $100 million uh, from that Investors Day in 2021. And I'm really, really hopeful that we, and I'm optimistic that we see the same type of result from this year's Investors Day. Uh, It's basically just a, a one day pitch. And let's be cheerleaders for this community and talk to outsiders about all the great things we have going on. And you all have really been doing a lot, like you said, to get the community in place of to bring these investors in and to really showcase it. But some of those things that are on the agenda are conversations with youth programming, the Port Authority, Chanel Air International Air Park, um, and just other avenues of business and generators that really make Lake Charles such a hub for business in our area. And then there's also things that aren't as glamorous that the city's been doing such as the water sewer improvements there's ev stations that have been approved with grants that are coming online to make that transportation that green sustainability that a lot of local businesses and quality of life are speaking to that are all coming and 
a part of that conversation on June 15th. Yeah, and look, we've we've only slightly touched on infrastructure, and sometimes the infrastructure part of it is not the sexy, fun, exciting <laughs> conversation. You know, to talk about Port Wonder in a children's museum uh, or a microbrewery in a restaurant on the lakefront might be more exciting than uh, wastewater. But those other things are important. You know, the concrete, the, the underground utilities, the wastewater, the water, those things are important. We have spent um, tens of millions of dollars of investments into drainage, into uh, water, into wastewater improvements. We're about to break ground on another uh, water plant, a drinking water plant, uh, which will be huge for this area. We're right now replacing all of our water meters throughout the city with uh, a system called AMI. The water meters that we were using literally were about 70 year old technology. And we're using a system that can detect leaks in real time, report water usage in real time. I mean, we're we're moving well into the 21st century with this new system that we're uh, investing. So we're talking about um, significant generational transformational investments in the quality of life, but also into our infrastructure. And I love the way that 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 you kind of termed that. Uh, because over the next five years, I view this as a turning point for Lake Charles, kind of ushering in a new era, so to speak, right? What are you most looking forward to in this period? I'm looking forward to some of the tangible results from Just Imagine, SWLA. I'm looking forward to a new I-10 bridge. I'm looking forward to some economically diverse investments in our downtown area, in at Chenault, at the Port of Lake Charles. I'm looking forward to a renewed sense of pride and a morale boost for this community when we unveil some of the uh, aesthetic improvements and quality of life improvements that are included uh, with our uh, proposal uh, that's linked to Just Imagine SWLA. I think that's a pretty good, succinct list. Well, Mary Hunter, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today about everything that Lake Charles has going on right now and really what the future of our community looks like. I know there's a lot of great things um, that people can keep up with you, the, the mayor, as well as the city and everything that they have going on, as well as Investors Day. Where can they find all of that information? Uh, well, you know, our website, cityoflakecharles.com, Facebook, we have a YouTube channel, uh, and I, I will tell you guys that the CVB does a great job as well. If anybody wants to know what's going on in Lake Charles, they should be on the CVB's Facebook page or, or on your, uh, on your website. So you don't have to travel far to find out more about these, these fun, exciting things. Thanks again to Mayor Hunter for joining us here on the show. And as always, thank you for taking time out of your day to join us right here on the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, can you please leave us a rating or a review and maybe even drop that uh, that drop that follow. It's that plus button. If you're looking at your screen right now, just click it and you are in. <laughs> Every time you click it, it will help us grow our audience so that we can continue to bring you the unique stories that Southwest Louisiana has to offer. You can head on over to visitlakecharles.org for details on everything we talked about today, more episodes, where to eat, and of course, all the fun events that we have happening this weekend and beyond. I'm Anna Strider. And I'm Brady Raynard. Thanks for coming play on Louisiana's Playground. Say it to you.